Hello uh, to those listening. Thank you for doing so. My name is Juan here with Mark. And mm. we are two thirds <laughs> of the We Like Movies podcast. I was going to give you yeah, a second there, weird. but I, I wasn't sure if you were going to take it or. So I just went no, I just I, I just listened to or used to hearing Kevin's name. So yeah, I paused and then you paused and I, I was like, "What's he doing?" And I realized, oh yeah, a tear just fell from my eye. Yeah, uh, Kevin, Kevin. Kevin can't join us tonight, so we're we're freestyling for the night. But yes, continue. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. So we're here, yeah, to bring you some bonus content. Again, it's just two thirds of the We Like Movies podcast crew. Just but this guys is just having a, fun. Exactly. Just is this is just a little bonus, a little treat for those who um who want want you know some special who attention. Want this treat. <laughs> Who doesn't want my treat? That's mm. that's always my assumption. Man, that's how uh, I thought you were going, man. <laughs> so those who follow us know that we post our movie reviews every Wednesday morning at 5 a.m. And they can be found on just about any music or podcast platform that you utilize, including YouTube. We are working hard to add all of our episodes to YouTube, which is convenient for some, especially those in other countries. So whether you are listening for the first time or have been listening to us for some time, please know that we absolutely want to engage with you. Whether you have a differing opinion or you want to make a movie recommendation, we want to know about it. So please comment. I promise you that we will read it and we will write back. Um, shout out real quick to all of our listeners in India and all over the world, in the UK, in Spain, and Canada. Thank you for listening. Um, as you well know, uh, we are idiots. We know this. So feel free to let us know when we get something wrong or if there's something that you want to educate us on, as some of our Indian listeners have done recently, sharing info with us about the Indian film industry, which was mm -hmm. greatly appreciated, and it was yeah. very interesting. Um, this was uh, in our RRR uh, review uh, episode. So let's connect. Um, one of the th I don't know about you, Mark, but one of the things that really excites me about doing this podcast mm -hmm. and creating content about film, uh, which is something that we love, is being able to connect with other film lovers out there all over the planet. Um, so definitely hit us up. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Absolutely. Mr. Worldwide over here. Love yep. to hear it. Um, I also want to let everyone know that you can see all of our Little Jerry's ratings for every one of our reviews on our website, which is welikemoviesorg.wordpress.com. That's a little bit of a mouthful, and uh, but it's I would we, I would expect nothing less from you, Papa. Hey, it's a free uh, domain, and it's <laughs> we like movies org. Org.wordpress.com, um, and we'll also be adding additional content in the form of essays and extra uh, uh, thoughts about some of the films that we review. I thought you were about to say uh, we're going to be adding some more words into that URL. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, you can never have enough. That's what I say. And if you are not doing so already, also check out our Instagram page, which I, I'm pretty sure we gave the wrong uh, uh, address to uh, in a previous episode. Because I think Kevin said it was only we... Um, what is this little line? Um, Under, underscore. Under, yeah. He said it was we underscore like underscore movies. And yeah. that's all he said. But it's actually we underscore like underscore movies underscore podcast. Uh, well, that's, yeah, that's a huge thing to miss out on. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, anyway, it's word. We, we like movies podcast underscore oh. in between every word substitute and then, the space for an underscore yep which is the little line and uh, of course our youtube page which is at we like movies dot sometimes i guess youtube.com at we like movies dot sometimes yeah yeah uh I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. Okay, well, oh, good. I also wanted to let the people know that we are uh, trying to do a subscription option where we record special episodes, lots of bonus content and material, literally hours of it, where we do some special themed series, such as our decade series, where each of us is assigned a decade that we have to pick a movie from that none of us have ever seen. And also our one out of three series, where each of us picks a movie that we have seen, but the other two haven't. So um, all of that delicious content um, will be available through our subscription service. And I'm just curious to know, um, if you would pay for a subscription uh, to our podcast for that additional content, how much would you be willing to pay? Um, sh- give us a comment and let us know. We would be curious to know. Um, the content will be uh, of, of, of the high quality that you're used to from um, our, if you've been listening to our podcast. So, mm-hmm. um, And then uh, lastly... I wanted to share a quick note about the movies that we review here at uh, Mm -hmm. We Love Movies podcast. We we do love movies. We genuinely do. And we also love each other. We really are best friends. Um, Mark, Kevin and I have been best friends for almost 25 years, if you can believe it. And we've been best friends with you for something like over 16 years. Yeah, Um, somewhere around there, right? We are old. Um, (laughs) But the podcast has given us an outlet to explore our passion. Um, It's also given us the opportunity to create something, which is an itch that each of us has, um, as well as to connect um, as friends because life uh, has changed drastically for all of us throughout those years. And uh, we have less time to be together and to hang out and to enjoy each other's company. But the podcast has given us an opportunity to do that. So and we started to, uh, to spend some time away from the wife. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kevin gets a lot of that time. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, so we started 
we like movies for those reasons. And really the only rules were that each of us take a turn picking a movie and that it had to be a movie that none of us had seen. Uh, but that's pretty much it. And it's been a fun journey where we've discovered movies that we would never have seen or heard of otherwise. Um, but still, sometimes people tell us that our choices are too obscure or not mainstream or popular or relevant enough. And mm -hmm. I can't deny that. And I don't blame them for that. Um, but all I can say is that these are the movies that we are genuinely interested in or curious about. So in as much as the podcast is about movies, but but really it's about our friendship. Um, the movies we pick are also a peek into who we are and what we're interested in and the lenses and filters that each of us have and our personality and our experiences and our perspectives that inform our opinions and our worldview as well as our creative palette. Um, but still, the rules are the rules. And if anyone is interested in a relevant, popular movie, then they are free to pick it and we will talk about it and rate it. And our audience can actually influence that by making suggestions. That actually helps us. Um, to give the people what they want. Yeah, I actually would like to get some suggestions because I, I do think that's an interesting take because that's also going to give them a reason to want to converse with us because yeah. we're watching something that they you know, were involved in. Yeah, because if they've heard any of our episodes and they know that there's going to be things said that they don't agree with us. Mm -hmm. about and that'll definitely spark some um engagement but um and again after our uh our, the comments on our episode of rrr on youtube there were some recommendations there that that you know um if no one else does i plan to select those here in, I, the, near, in the near future i actually added that one uh, baku or something like that i forgot yeah. The, the one with the detective. I was yeah. like, oh, that looks very interesting. Yep. Yep. So I added that. So we'll, yep. we'll see who picks it first. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and one of the reasons that we did try to steer away from new movies at the beginning was because we knew that we're going to talk about everything, every aspect. And so we knew that we were going to give away spoilers. But, but we do offer a disclaimer. And we've never denied anyone wanting to do a newer movie if they choose to do so. But I do love the idea of some, someone checking out the movies that we talk about, just like we do, even if they've never heard of them. And, you know, maybe finding something that they really love and enjoy. Yeah, it also gives them a, a way to hear about the movie to see if they would even like it. Because I'd rather, I'd rather hear people talk about the movie and then hear trash. I might still go watch it, but now I'm walking into it knowing what what I'm about to see. But mm -hmm. if I don't know anything about it and ends up sucking like zeros and ones, then it's like, yeah. I, this was <laughs> terrible. I hate myself. I feel dirty. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, okay. I've said everything I wanted to say at the start. So with all of that out of the way, um, uh, in this bonus episode, um, again, as Mark alluded to, um, Kevin is unable to join us. And I just I wanted to record something. I I, I just there was a big lack, um, a big void in my life because we haven't been able, even though we have this reserve, so we're able to continue to um, publish new episodes. Um, we actually haven't been able to meet in a couple of weeks. So there was a dryness in my life that I needed to, yeah. to, to take care of. So I'm glad that Mark was able to join me for it. Um, we miss Kevin and uh, our 
Looking forward to to reuniting. Say <laughs> 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 two days. Um, <laughs> and we're sitting here with, doing this without him. Hey, Happy he had birthday, the option. Fella. <laughs> if it was my birthday, that would be top of my list. Would be to to record an episode. I mean, for those the girls they never go to sleep, bro. So he's gonna be busy all night. I know, and how selfish they are to, <laughs> to hog him all to themselves. Uh, they're probably watching something. Uh, they're probably watching Barry Lyndon again. <laughs> uh, if only. Um, so anyway, on this episode, where I just figured I would talk about some of the recent movies that I've seen. Believe it or not, Mark, I don't just watch movies for the podcast. Um, I watch them just for fun sometimes. Um, and uh, and even though I won't be doing, you know, or you and I won't be doing full reviews of mm-hmm. these films and we won't be doing ratings of them, um, you know, I'll be sharing some highlights and lowlights and kind of just sharing my cinematic journey. Um, and, uh, and, and Mark, I also revisited a movie that we reviewed and I will share if my opinion changed the second time around. Mm, delightful. Well, so let me ask you, how, how, why, why don't these movies, why don't they make your list of, of movies for the podcast? Oh, you'll see, like, you've seen these movies already. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So, uh, like, it may be movies I've seen, but you haven't. Right, or Kevin definitely has. Gotcha, okay. As well. So yeah. that, that was, that was for most of them, um, was the case, you know. Fair enough. Um, and because I, I and yeah, I am curious because we we say like on the podcast, we say a lot like, oh, I'm I'm going to watch this again at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually did that. And I don't know if 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 you guys have done that. I know you watch the movies a few times before we review them. But have you gone back after after the fact and watched some of the movies afterward? After uh, we've reviewed them? Definitely Top Gun. Oh okay. Um, let me see. Let me see. I'm 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 scrolling through now. Hmm. I am not seeing anything else. Yeah, no. I think that's about it. Top Gun. Yeah, I mean, there's only so much time in the day. You know, that's always what what sets yeah. me back. Is yeah. like we're we're trying to watch the new movies to review. It's hard to go back and watch ones we've already done. You know, when you only have so much time. But yeah, and with that limited time, I'm always like, oh, let me just you know make sure I'm I'm using it wisely. Yeah, right. And for me, it's like I um I travel for work sometimes. So that gives me the opportunity, like on an airplane, yeah. in a hotel, I'll be like, oh, let me go back and watch that. So that's how that came about. Um, all right. First movie. Gotcha. You ready? Yeah. I already mentioned this to you, but um, the first movie that I want to uh, mention is a movie called Jean Dielman, 23 Commerce Quay, 1080 Brussels. That is the title of the film that you've never heard of. Uh, It is a 1975 drama that clocks in at three hours and 21 minutes. Mm. And it is directed by Chantel Ackerman. That's hefty. Um, Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this movie started to make some noise last year after it was voted by Sight and Sound, which is a magazine from the British Film Institute. Very um, sort of um, revered um, a publication. It sounds and like it's, it's highbrow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it was voted as the greatest film of all time. Now, what's interesting about this is that the list is compiled by over 1,500 critics and reviewers mm. and film industry individuals, but it's reevaluated every 10 years. So the list actually changes over time and movies rise and fall in rank. Um, it's actually really interesting, and mm. I will link to the website in the description of the episode if anyone wants to look up the list of the greatest movies of all time. But needless to say, it got my attention. Um, yeah. At first, as you said, you know, this highbrow kind of snobby publication. At first, <laughs> I snubbed my nose at the idea of, again, a publication like this trying to be you know, um, obscure or quirky or, you know, snobby or whatever by yeah. sneering at films like The Godfather Part Two or Casablanca or Citizen Kane, which yeah. are all great movies and deserving of their place on such a list, especially for a movie that most of us, a French movie that most of us have never heard of. Yeah. Um, so I made a mental note. But but I still didn't really consider watching it, especially because it requires three and a half hours to sit through. Um, but then one day, lo and behold, it appeared on HBO Max. And oh, it, really? Yeah, it's still there, I want to say. Um, so it I'm became to too enticing to pass up. Mm -hmm. um, and one evening, I just went for it. And I got to <laughs> tell you this, Mark. I got to tell you this might just be the greatest movie of all time um, because this was weeks ago and I'm still thinking about it. Now, when I describe it to you, it's not going to sound like the greatest movie of all time and it's going to be difficult to explain. Yeah, I think you did mention. I was just like, oh, yeah. yeah, okay. But I will attempt it because it's worth it. And this is the only one that I'll really go into detail about. Um, but the movie follows a woman, right? Her name is Jean Dielman, and it follows her over three consecutive days in her life. The movie is extremely slow. It's filled with long still shots as she goes about her daily routine each day. Now, she is an attractive widow who lives with her son, who is in either college or like the, the last year of high school. There's very little dialogue. Every day she does almost the same things. She wakes up, she makes coffee, she polishes her son's shoes, she makes the bed, she bathes, she tidies up the apartment, she peels potatoes, she runs out to buy a few ingredients or to pay a bill, she babysits a baby for about half an hour, and so on and so on. Oh, and she entertains a different gentleman visitor each day who shares her bed with minimal conversation, who promptly pays for her services and exits unceremoniously with a handshake. Then her son, arrives from, uh, her son arrives from school, they eat dinner, they have minimal conversation, they read and listen to music before calling it a night, they unfold his sofa bed, she turns the heater on, and it's lights out. But then, Mark, 
But then this very meticulously calculated and put together woman starts to subtly unravel in teeny tiny ways and things happen. Now, the ending is a big surprise and I won't ruin it. But afterwards, you can't help but think back on those moments, both the mundane routine ones, as well as the unexpected um, out of the ordinary ones, even to the slightest details of conversation and gestures and symbols to try Mm -hmm. to deduce a theory about what happened to this woman. Um, So there's certainly a huge element of the traditional role of women in the 70s, and that is a bulk of what the film is challenging. But it is also filled with layers that are really fun to peel, which lead to trails of ideas and questions. For example, she's a prostitute. Now, sure, she is a very professional and discreet and classy version of a prostitute, and she seems very unbothered by this aspect of her life until she has a conversation with her son in which he sort of casually says a line, you know, unrelated because he doesn't know what she does. But Mm -hmm. in that conversation, he just kind of says, like, he doesn't understand how a woman could sleep with a man that she doesn't love. And she doesn't really react, but she just Mm -hmm. responds by saying something along the lines of, like, well, it's impossible to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely a moment that you think back on and you wonder about how big the actual impact might have been on her and on her conscience and even on her self-worth and if that played a role in her undoing. So it's truly a fascinating very unique and well-done film, unlike any I've ever seen. A very challenging movie to get through because it is dreadfully slow, (laughs) but with a very high sort of intellectual payoff. And so I highly recommend it, as it may just be the greatest movie of all time. It sounds like it's long for a reason, because you're watching... I'm assuming that first day is where you, you know, you're seeing her routine. And on day two, with her slowly unraveling, you know, you remember that, oh, she didn't do that last, uh, you know, the day before. Yeah. And then you go throughout the day. And then on day three, it's the same thing. So it sounds like it, it's, it's long for a reason, about an hour a day. And then you have a half hour to end the movie. Uh, Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it actually is impressive because it is kind of torturous, especially Mm -hmm. if you don't know what's happening. Like I kind of I read about it afterward, um, which helped me. Um, But like when you don't know what's happening, you're like, dude, why is there a 10 minute still shot of this lady peeling potatoes? It's Um, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. And I've that's pulled me out of movies because I'm I don't know what's going on and things. That's kind of how I was with the menu. Yeah. It, it, it was just kind of going all over the place. I'm like, what is going on? Like, I don't. Yeah. And, and I, I had to watch it again. And on my second viewing, which I knew what was coming, I enjoyed it way more. Yeah. So I, it's for some reason, it just nags at, on me after a while. Yeah, but it's dude like one of the one of the things that I'll give away like again like she's a very wait when you see it like she's a very put together woman mm-hmm. like even though all she, she does is, like all she does is she's at home all day she still like dresses up nicely but then like on one of the days she like 
um, miscalculates a button on her blouse, mm-hmm. you know, like such subtle things, but they're like, you know, they, they slowly, when you put them together and then, and then it's really the ending, you know, that I, that I can't tell you because it would, there <laughs> if I told you the ending, there'd be no point in, in anyone sitting through the first three hours because the ending is where it all comes together and you're yeah. like, Oh crap. And then you're like, I got to think back to what I was just watching. Um, but, um, but yeah, man, but it, it, again, it's that sort of that commitment to be like, you know, this shot of this person doing this for this long, there's actually a purpose behind it. And there's a reason why, you know, I need to show this and then this and it, why it needs to hold for so long and why you kind of have to feel that boredom and that anxiety, but it's, it all means something. Yeah. And so it's sort of like that intention and that commitment and that purposefulness throughout the whole movie that really um, sets it apart as like, wow, this is a real uh, a real work, you know, a masterful work of, of, of a different type of cinema, you yeah. know? So, yeah. Well, now that you've, with the breadcrumbs that you've given me, I feel like I'll be able to sit through those three and a half hours and not feel angsty about what's going on. Cause I yeah. know that the payoff at the end is at least good enough for you to consider this movie the, the greatest of all time. So, uh, yeah, I think yeah. that's that's all I need. I, I'm I'm probably gonna watch this sooner than you think, probably cool. like tonight. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, cool. Yeah, no, it's 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 good, it's good. I definitely, I definitely think it's good. All right, this next film I'm excited to talk about because I know you've seen it, but mm-hmm. we've never, but we've never talked about it. Uh, but I re- very recently watched it. And um, and so the film is The Northman. Mm. It is a 2022 action adventure. Yeah. It is, has a runtime of two hours and 17 minutes and is directed by Robert Eggers. Mm-hmm. Now, Robert Eggers is a very exciting young filmmaker with an impressive directorial record, um, which, as far as I could tell, only includes The Northman, The Witch and The Lighthouse and some mm-hmm. short films. Yeah. Now I've seen The Witch, but I haven't seen the, the Lighthouse, even though I am itching to see it. Um, but not to mention that he's also written them. So he's right. in that category of of director slash writer. Which <laughs> yeah, it's so impressive. But anyway, <laughs> The Northman is a movie that I remember. I saw the trailer. I was obviously really impressed by the potential that it had. I was very curious about it, but um, I don't know. For some reason, I was. I guess I wasn't curious enough to run out and see it right away. Um, and then, of course, it did start to generate some buzz. And then some people that I knew went out to see it, including you, Mark. Yeah. And um, but still, I hadn't. I hadn't seen it. But it is now on Amazon Prime. And on one of my recent flights across the country, I got a chance to see it. And Mark, I will tell you, I was not disappointed. It is a fascinating story. It's, it's different than what I expected it to be. 
yeah. uh, which was which was a pleasant surprise. I, I really enjoyed it for what it was. Um, again, it's a rich story. It delves deep into Norse mythology. It's a revenge story with great characters, surprises, and twists, and masterful writing and direction. It was violent and suspenseful. It was overall very enjoyable um even though there were some things in the story that really surprised me including mm -hmm. a very cringy scene between a mother and son although <laughs> although it plays very well into continuing to um kind of fill in how evil this one character is um and also you know to say that alexander skargard got jacked for this film is an understatement um, yeah. I mean, that dude blew up for this film. <laughs> it was it was ridiculous. Yeah, he was huge. Um, I felt like Anna Taylor-Joy and Nicole Kidman, you know, the sort of two sort of female co-leads, both did a fantastic job in this film. Um, I was deceived by um, Ethan Hawke and how little, how little he was in the film. Um, but he was there. And, uh, dude, Willem Dafoe, keeps popping up in movies <laughs> that I watch and it's given me um, uh, such a, a reminder of just the appreciation that I have for him and what yeah. an incredible talent he is. He just he just kills it in every single role. And I don't think he gets enough attention, um, although he was recently nominated for a couple projects, including the Florida Project. But oh, yeah, I love I to see that. Yeah. <clears throat> but I love his film choices. And somehow he always leaves me both satisfied and wanting more. And um, and I, I, I really want to go back and, and look because I have a feeling that he may be the character or the, the actor that's appeared the most in, in all the movies that we reviewed. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe it, I, it, he really has appeared in so many, dude. Yeah. But what, what, what were your thoughts uh, about the Northman? I, I thought it started off a little clunky. I, I liked it, but I I have like such a fascination for Vikings. I, I know they, you know, rape and pillage, but I, I it's like for video games. I really like it in video games. Um so I don't know, it, it was it was okay, but then mm -hmm. I, I, I liked the way it built up and it finally ended. There were some yes, cringy scenes and I was just like, uh all right, I don't know what that was. Um, but it did overall it didn't take away, but I, I would say Willem Dafoe's character. I mean, I, I forgot his name, but I, I mean, he was phenomenal, man. Yeah. Um, the, the whole time he was on the screen, like, I, I just, I didn't know what was going to come from him, you know? Yeah. And it felt like a true wild card, uh, his character. So I actually, now that that's finally out on streaming, I'm going to watch that again. But yeah, man, yeah. I was I was happy to uh, to go and watch that in theaters. I gl I'm glad I didn't wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I envy you for that. So, <laughs> my perception of it from the trailer was like I knew it was there was a component of revenge, mm -hmm. but then I kind of thought like, okay, he goes off and like builds up his army, and then it's like big battles, um, and it wasn't that at all. You know, it was like kind of him on his own, yeah. you know, plotting his revenge and then, you know, finding Anna Taylor-Joy. And then even the way that their relationship, 
you know, to, to the point that it unfolded towards the end. Like I was super surprised by that and just the way that the characters evolved and, um, but, uh, but all along, I mean, it, it definitely had a great payoff. I wasn't expecting what happens to the character at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So in many ways, like it was very different than what I expected going in, but but it wasn't bad. Like it was yeah. still a great, enjoyable movie. Again, very well directed, very well written, very awesome, awesome like imagery and action and yeah, it was very well shot. Because I mean, action in movies can be so like headache inducing for how yeah. much they move the camera around. Yeah. You didn't have much of that here. Like especially with the one on ones, you could tell it. I mean those fights you saw the swinging you saw the motions you could see what was happening so like that was even more gripping for for the movie but it's rare to see a movie have action like that where it was so clean and cut no no and then it even had good twists you know where like all along and this might give away too much but you know you're (laughs) kind of you're kind of thinking one person is the the bad guy but then it actually turns out it's this other person yeah and and so it kind of yeah kind of keeps you guessing too and and yeah it was definitely a movie that um i mean i kind of had an idea where it was going but Mm -hmm. at the same time um it was it was somewhat unpredictable you know yeah there were steps along the way you weren't expecting yep and uh and great performances so um i know you've seen the lighthouse have you seen the witch yeah yeah so what are your feelings about robert eggers I mean, the lighthouse was so crazy. I remember Krista walking in a couple times, and finally she asked me, "Like, what the hell are you watching?" Every time I see there, like, those guys are going crazy. Like, that's mental illness. And I was like, <laughs> I started laughing. I said, "Well, I mean, that's that's kind of the point of the movie." But uh, I, more phenomenal acting. You know, you have those two on screen the whole time, so the buildup is just so crazy and. By the time it ends, you were just like, "That was that was that was awesome." It, it was yeah. just so so crazy. Um, yeah. I won't say anything about it because yeah. there's a lot there's a lot that happens. But another yeah. well shot movie, you know, you feel the characters, you, you you know, you care about what they're doing, why they're doing what they're doing. Um, you know, it's it's one that really kind of sinks itself into you, and uh, you either love it or hate it. Like seriously. I think mm-hmm. if Chris had sat down and watched from beginning to end, she'd be like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But and that's just, I feel like that's, you know, you got to take yourself out of that, what you're watching or what's, why is it happening? Well, mm-hmm. I mean, just think about it. You got guys that have been here for some odd days. It's been a long time and now they're stuck. They're, you know, they're stormed in and they're just going crazy. And yeah. that's it. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was good. Yeah, I'm, I uh, good. No, I was just gonna say I'm I'm I like I'm dying to watch it. Yeah, it's good. It's good. You'll you'll really enjoy it. But um, yeah, I'm gonna have to watch Northman again because that was really good. Um, I really I really did enjoy it uh, yeah. overall. Yeah, Probably, I would give it like four little Jerry's. <laughs> and it's I mean it's um uh, it is uh let's let me see what did I say it was uh. Two hours and seventeen minutes, but mm. but you really do feel like you get 
every you know you get a lot out of those two hours and 17 minutes you know like yeah. you're not shortchanged it's a very complete story and 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 uh very fulfilling from start to end you know it never feels like it's dragging or there's wasted sort of time in there it's it's very a very complete story at two hours and 17 minutes yeah um yeah. Uh, also about Robert Eggers, man. He really likes those gray tones. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the lighthouse is in black and white. Yeah. But the other two, they're in color, but they're just gray. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like they told him he couldn't do black and white because that's what he wanted to do. <laughs> Budget cuts, buddy. I'll, no I'll give. I'll get my way. Yeah. But uh, but he's exciting, man. I I li- I've liked it, enjoyed his movies enough to be yeah. like, hey, I'm I'm there for the next one. Yeah, um, for sure. So. All right. Um, I'm curious if you've seen either of these next films. Um, I'm doing them in combination because they are part of a series. But they are the Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian, and the Voyage of the Dawn Treader. That is the only one I have not seen. The Dawn Treader. Yeah. Okay. You saw Prince Caspian? Yeah. Yeah, same. I had seen, like, uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, I've seen it a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Prince Caspian, I had seen once, and I think I fell asleep in the middle. Um, same. But, yeah, and then never, we might have seen it together. Um, Probably. And, <laughs> yeah. And um, and then I, ne- I never saw it again. And then Voyager. Same. The- yeah. I think that's okay. So that's it because I I've never had interest in going back to it. Yeah, I heard um, it's pretty terrible. And then Voyage of the Dawn Treader, like yeah, I mean I I I, I, I hardly even noticed when that movie released. <laughs> I was just gonna say that movie literally popped up out of nowhere. Yeah. Like I I saw a trailer on TV, a quick like fifteen second snippet, and it was like now in theaters. I said, "What the hell? Where? Yeah. How's that in theaters?" I know so that. Yeah, I don't know where that came from, but I think Prince Caspian just like kind of uh, ruined it for us. Well, so have you seen those? You watched them? Yeah, I watched them. So uh, uh, mm-hmm. there's an explanation for you know why Voyage of the Dawn Treader didn't make a lot of noise Mm. but yeah the reason i watched them was because um i've recently been reading the books oh okay Um, so i read a lot of time on your hands man reading (laughs) books watching movies (laughs) jeez Uh, my life is a rainbow what can i tell you (laughs) Um, but uh you know i I make time for the things that are important well yeah i don't know um well also travel travel you know i've been traveling I mean, yeah, I get I'm it. I get it. Across the country, you're sitting but in your room reading. I feel you. I feel I you. Do, I do try to read, um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So I started with the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I read Prince Caspian. I read Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Now I'm on to the next one, which is Silver Chair. But especially after reading Prince Caspian, and especially after reading Voyage of the Dawn Treader, which is my favorite of the books so far, mm-hmm. I um. I started looking for the films, and lo and behold, they're on Disney Plus. So I oh yeah, like, I knew that. I knew yeah, that. so I was like, oh snap! I, as as soon as I finished it, I was like, I need to watch them just because after you finish the book and the films have released, but you've never seen them or at least one of them, 
you 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 are so curious to see how they compare, especially right. when you really liked one of the books. Yeah. So that was my journey to watching them. Um, as I mentioned, Lion, the Winter, the Wardrobe, I've seen it so many times, and I, it's the one that is the most like the book and the film are the most um, connected. Yeah. Like I feel like the film was almost exactly like how the book is. So it was actually pretty boring reading the book because there were no surprises. Like I had already seen it so many times, (laughs) Um, but that wasn't the case with Prince Caspian. So I I did have this, like I said, this vague recollection of seeing it when it first released, but not really remembering it and then not having gone back to see it again. Um, This wasn't my favorite of the books, um, even though the movie was actually, in my opinion, um, slightly better than the book. Um, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of the battle, like um, um, they really like sort of went went all out on the battles, um, gotcha. which which in the book I I don't remember there being that much time spent like on the actual battles. So that actually like took it up a notch where they were like more dramatic and more epic. Mm-hmm. So. That's why I think the movie is actually better than the book. Nice. Um, but the actual character of Prince Caspian, like in the movies, he kind of annoys me a little bit. Um, so that's a knock on it. And then um, the the Prince Prince Caspian, it starts to. I feel like uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is is a very high degree of like cinematic quality, you know, mm-hmm. like where they were like, look, we really got to do, got to like honor this source material. We have to do it really well. Right. Um, Prince Caspian, I don't think it's as well known. So I think it, it, the quality sort of drops off a little bit, not, not a lot, but, but somewhat, I think it's not quite as good mm-hmm. as the quality on the first one. Right. Um, and Peter Dinklage is in it. And uh, Peter Dinklage does a fantastic job. I mean, e- even then, that guy's just such a good actor, man. Yeah. Like every the way, like he he truly like embodies the characters, and it's everything from like his eyes, his facial expressions. Like he, it's like everyone else is 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 playing little league, and he's in the major leagues. Yeah, like that's how vast a vast difference it is between the acting. So it was good to see him in it. Um, and then the third film, The Voyage of the Don Treader, again, yeah. my, my favorite of the books so far. So I was really excited because in this one, like they set off on this on this ship to explore um, the world beyond Narnia. So they they come across these islands where there's some crazy stuff. So yeah. I was like, dude, that's why I was so curious to see the film because they encounter like, you know, creatures and one island that's like complete darkness. And and it's an island where like um, all of your dreams and nightmares like come to life. <laughs> so I was like, dude, how are they going to do that in the film? Um, not like they did it in the, <laughs> in the book, <laughs> unfortunately. But here's the thing. Um, by Voyage of the Dawn Treader, for some reason, like Disney jumped off the boat and, and they were no longer connected. Like Disney had nothing to do with this film. So I think that's also why there was no strong marketing behind it mm-hmm. because those Disney dollars weren't there anymore. Yeah. Um, and so not only 
you know, what is, is it the reason why um, we didn't know about it? But it's also why, like, now at this point, I think there's a huge drop-off, you know, yeah. in quality, um, which is a shame because, again, in my opinion, it's the most exciting and the best of the books. Um, it has one of my favorite characters so far, which is um, a cousin of the original four kids named Eustace, who uh -huh. actually turns into a dragon. And then Aslan... Um, you know, like kind of transforms him back into a human. And it's a really emotional scene. Like it's really powerful. Um, it wasn't nearly as much in the, in the movie, um, yeah. but he's played by Will Poulter. You know who Will Poulter is? That name's very familiar. Yeah. He's, um, he's playing um, in the Shazam. It's not Shazam. I think he's in, He's in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. He plays um, Adam. Uh, oh, 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 I know who you're talking about. Yes, yes, Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, and he even, I mean, he was a little kid in this movie, and dude, he was so good uh, of an actor. I really liked him as that character. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but. But it but wasn't yes. good. So they didn't, they didn't have the same concept of different islands? Yeah, but then so like in the movie, you know, I think for time they like combined certain stories and like there's a scene where Eustace, the kid who becomes a dragon, like no one knows that he became a dragon. So he's like he has to communicate that to them somehow, but he can't talk or anything. Oh, and wow. <laughs> in the book, it's it's a really great scene in the movie. Like they took a shortcut. Yeah. <laughs> like a, a did they really turn bad... into a joke? They didn't turn into a joke, but mm. it was just it was just like a huge. It did so it, it and then like that that one island where it's like I mean it's dark like they couldn't see anything. The whole island is covered in darkness. Yeah, and it's like really terrifying. Um, it dude, it sucked in the movie. Like it was nothing like what it lived up to. And then they they added this element where like it in was just the a Robert the... Eggers movie. Yeah, in in the book, like they're kind of just exploring, and I mean, there's they're trying to find something, but for the most part, like part of their mission is just to explore. Mm -hmm. um, in the movie, they really change that, and so they have like this objective that they're trying to, um, you know, accomplish. Um, so not only do they change a lot of things, but I don't know, they just they did they it wasn't successful, and and it didn't have a lot of like the emotional weight you know, that the book has yes. um, the, the ending scene is, is still because ultimately they're trying to reach Aslan Aslan's home, which is like heaven. Um, and so in, in the movie, it still is kind of touching at the end um, yeah. what happens. But, you know, in the book, it's it's just it's it's a lot more powerful. Yeah, no, so, I feel you. Yeah. Um, what uh, So would you so. I've seen Lion Witch Wardrobe. Um, would you recommend me watching Prince Prince Caspian? Oh, dude, you just so the most bizarre thing, the most bizarre thing, almost the one of the most bizarre things that I've seen in any film series. Mm -hmm. So, and I, I like, I need, I need information. I need more answers <laughs> as to why this happened. I need an explanation. In Prince Caspian, 
the character of Prince Caspian, he's a um tell uh, a a tell what is it a tell a telmarine or something a, a species of, of people, mm-hmm. but he has they're like Spaniards, and he has <laughs> a, a a thick full blown Spanish accent. In Voyage of the Dawn Treader. It's the same character, only now he's King Caspian, played by the same actor, but now he has a full-blown, thick British accent. (laughs) And, dude, it's so bizarre. It's so distracting. (laughs) It's so annoying. Like, how? I don't don't understand how they could have done that. Like, why? Yo, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. That's a huge change. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> why would you keep the same act? I could understand if, <clears throat> excuse me, if you got another actor then, because, but to have, it doesn't, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. It was, it was so weird. I and I, I think the actor. It tells you how this uh, started, how this movie was a, a dumpster yeah. fire from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of is, dude, and it's such a shame. So to answer your question, I would say that they are worth watching. You know, don't expect, you know, to be blown away, but I would say they are worth watching, um especially if you have no plans of ever reading the books. Yes, I don't. The, then I think that, you know, you won't experience as great of a disappointment. Yeah, okay. Um, and again, and again, because because the source material is so good mm-hmm. that that still carries into the films. It's just that the films are not quite as good. Yeah, as you the, don't get all the, the meat book. and potatoes. Right. And then, of course, by the third one, because Disney's not there, <laughs> then remember that, you know, the 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 quality also drops pretty significantly. But. But it's still it's still good enough. Now, what is exciting is again, I don't think this is happening anymore. But at one point, um, the director Joe Johnston mm-hmm. was rumored to direct the next one, which is the Silver Chair. Yeah. And if that happened, dude, I would sign up in a heartbeat because um, he's 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 pretty good, yeah. and it would it would be like such a vast improvement from I don't even know the directors. <laughs> of the previous films like i've never heard of them i think the most popular one was the first one right i don't remember who it oh was. yeah absolutely so and that director did <laughs> the most the first popular two. i don't remember who it was <laughs> yeah he did the first two um but he didn't do the third one got you um but what i what i would like to see i mean what what and there is also talks of sort of rebooting it i think netflix was interested and there were rumors that they were going to do films and a series, but it never materialized. Uh, I'm getting real tired of this whole rebooting everything, man. Like, are we tired of making original things? Like we just, everything's a reboot now. Like, yeah. uh, Yeah. Anyways, I, I hear you. But, but if it was like Peter Jackson directing it or Guillermo del Toro, directing Chronicles of Narnia and doing a series or a reboot, I would be all in. In fact, if Peter Jackson did it, um, I I think I was comparing it to, you know, um, Theo Epstein, who was like, he was the general manager of the Boston Red Sox when they won the World Series. All right. Um, And then he was like, 
all right, I'm going to go to the Chicago Cubs and now try to do the same thing. And he freaking pulled it off. Yeah. Like, you know, after having done Lord of the Rings, if Peter Jackson now was like, all right, I'm going to take on Chronicles of Narnia. Dude, <laughs> that would be amazing. Has there been any talk in, in that at all? Or is that just like purely speculated? You just, that's a bucket no, list. No, no, that's just my fantasy bucket mm, list. Got you, got you. Yeah, yeah. That would be pretty but, dope. But yeah, I mean, if if someone like Netflix was committed and like, yo, I'm we're gonna put money behind this, we're gonna get an awesome, even if it's an up and coming director, but yeah, like absolutely. we're gonna get a a good director and we're gonna do this the way it it should be, um, then dude, I'd be all in, um, yeah. especially as a, especially as a series because like you said, now you can get the meat and the bones mm-hmm. of of the novels then yeah that would be amazing you know that's a fun little game re uh, imagining directors doing series like i would love if quentin tarantino did indiana jones oh <laughs> there'd be like, a lot uh, of, there'd be a lot of swear words <laughs> oh yeah and there'd be way more blood but i mean i can you imagine yeah more dialogue with indie like that that would be that'd be incredible yeah that, that would be awesome <laughs> um, yeah that would be fun to to do those reimaginings yeah okay, yeah because um, my mind's going everywhere now about that anyway all right this next film i'm very curious to hear if you've seen it mm-hmm. it is neon demon um that's the yeah that's the the modeling one right yeah. Yeah, it I've is. seen it. Yeah. You seen it? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Rid for uh Rent um Yeah. What's that guy's name? Nicholas Winding Refn. Yeah, there you go. A twenty sixteen horror thriller. Uh it's an hour and fifty eight minutes long. Now I haven't made a list of top ten favorite films of all time in a long time. Um and the list certainly has changed since the last time I did one, which is probably when I was in college. Mm-hmm. But if I was to make a list today, it's very possible and maybe even likely that the movie Drive would be on that list. Mm-hmm. That's how much I freaking love that movie. And every time I watch it, bro, I'm just in awe of like some of the shots and the story and mm-hmm. the character development. Um, the the Ryan Gosling character of Driver is one of my favorite film characters of all time. And so because of that movie, Nicholas Winding Refn will always have a very, very special place in my heart. But man, <laughs> have I hated the other movies of his that I've seen, which include Valhalla Rising and now Neon Demon. Um, I haven't seen Only God Forgives. Have you seen that? No, I've given up on this guy. I don't want to watch any more of his stuff. <laughs> I was going to say, I haven't heard good things about it. But uh, but I probably will see it at some point. But uh, I don't know how you felt about it, if you remember. But Neon Demon was not good. No. And the main problem is that it's so heavy-handed. And it's <laughs> not really clever, man. It's like too direct with its message 
you know, where it's obviously condemning vanity. I mean, it's set in the world of fashion. You know, they keep talking about how beautiful this girl is. The other ones are clearly jealous of her. They want what she has. Then she starts to buy into it, you know, where she gets really conceited and whatnot. Like, it's not subtle at all. Uh, But the problem is that if you read his interviews, like, he thinks he's being subtle. You know, he thinks it's like some profound message. It's like, no, dude, it's it's completely obvious. And so it's it's really not interesting. It would have been more interesting if it was actually about a demon. Um, and I guess, I mean, in some ways it, it might have been. I'm not sure. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, it, that's what the subtlety is. It was about being possessed by a demon. Yeah. I mean, you kind of you it it. It definitely, um, you know, who likes fashion? It does. It it, yeah. It displays some like level of occult, you know, Mm -hmm. or like evil, but but it it's a really blurred line between that and like perhaps reality. Um, For me, it kind of felt like uh, a very flawed sort of modern take on something kind of resembling the picture of Dorian Gray, you know, where that's, you know, obviously also about vanity, but it didn't really deliver on what it promises as a horror or a thriller, except for, I mean, a scene that I will never be able to erase from my memory, (laughs) which is when someone, one of the characters has sex in a morgue with a dead body Dear Lord, was that horrifying to to behold? <laughs> I never want to see that again, bro. It was horrible. Yeah, it it did. It, you know how do I, I don't know how to say this. I feel like the reason why it went so hard in the paint is because that's what the like the real world is. There, I mean, that's just what most most of the world is like. So. Maybe that's why it didn't seem so subtle because, and I got to really, you know, push it home because people aren't going to understand, you know, I kind of feel like that's just, that's the world. And that's why it was, maybe it felt, but for us, we're like, yo, okay, we get it. Uh, oh my gosh. Shoving it down my throat here. You mean in the sense of like the vanity aspect yeah, of it? Yeah. 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 Cause that, yeah. It did, that was, I mean, I, I felt like there was something going with that, but at the end of the day, it just uh, it fell flat. Like, yeah, yeah. I re- I remember rolling my eyes a lot and and laughing a lot, um, <laughs> <laughs> and and saying the same thing, bro. This guy was a he he was a one hitter. That's it. Yeah, I know. He's got nothing else. Cause I I saw about Hollow Rising and I was very upset about how to like how do you mess that up? Yeah. It starts off so great and then it just. I don't know what was happening with what and I, yeah, man. So I said, ah, I'll give, I think I saw neon demon before Valhalla rising. Then I finally went to Valhalla rising and then I was, I was done. I'm I'm like, Nope, I'm not doing it again. I'll probably watch like the first half hour of Valhalla rising again. And that's about it. You know, I like, I'm almost, there's a part of me that wants to watch it again Mm -hmm. because I just, it just, it doesn't compute in my mind, like how the same guy directed Drive and then directed these other movies that are like, I mean, they're disjointed, 
they don't seem to make any sense. Um, whatever he's trying to say is not communicated well. I mean, it, it's so kind of obscure that it's beyond sort of real like comprehension in a way that is truly digestible. Um, it, it's so bizarre. And yet, man, Drive is so good. Did he so. he wrote he wrote um uh drive? It's based off a book. Ah, okay. Um, and I I don't think he did the screenplay, but I'm not sure. I I think he just directed. Gotcha. Um, but man, he he I don't know, man. He found a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, or or something. But he just. He, he 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 captured it with that one, and maybe he will again, but uh, but certainly uh, not with uh, Neon Demon. And the, another problem with the movie is that <laughs> there is not one likable character in the movie, yeah, which is really hard as an audience to you know have anything to hold on to and to like. The only one that you like in the first half of the movie is Elle Fanning's character, who's the lead. Yeah. You know, but then she buys into, you know, what what the fashion game and what, you know, Hollywood or L.A. or whatever is selling to the point where she becomes really hideous and unlikable. And so not one character, even certain characters that make good choices, they're, um, you know, they're also like. There's a one guy. There's one guy that is like really protective of her, but mm-hmm. he also is an older guy that is trying to get with her and knows that she's 16. <laughs> so it's like they're all horrible in their own way, and so that's really hard. All all, all happens in the real world, man. All of yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> so. And we don't like we don't vibe with that lifestyle, so that's why it's probably hard for us to enjoy it. Dude, the other thing, I don't know if you remember this, but there is a scene in this movie. It's like at a party or at a club. Mm-hmm. And I've never really actually come so close to um like having a seizure in a movie. <laughs> Like, it was this flashing light with this music for so long, dude, that I I was literally almost going into a panic because I was like, I'm either going to have a seizure or throw up or get sick. Both. And, like, I've never had a seizure and I've never passed out. So That's this was, good. like, un- uncharted territory for That's me. That's pretty good. And, bro, like, I'm not exaggerating. Like, I don't know how people... Uh, like anybody else who who maybe is susceptible to those things yeah. could really sit through that and like not have a, a really bad episode. No, they probably wouldn't sit through that. They would either fast forward or just never watch that movie. Dude, it was bad. Like, yeah, and, and it was like, it why would, would you definitely what? trigger someone like that? Why would you do that? Like, it was such <laughs> a bizarre choice. Like, your movie's already hard enough. Bro, Dude. he was trying to men in black you and erase your memory. I wish he did. I wish he was successful. <laughs> it wasn't enough light, so it didn't work. <laughs> That's why you're upset. 
Ah, that's pretty good. <laughs> well, and then maybe it wasn't Nicholas Winding Refn. Like, I don't know if he's worked with the same, like, director of photography or cinematographer. But, like, some of the best, be- one of the best aspects of Drive is the shots, mm-hmm. you know? Like, his use of mirrors and, like, angles and slow motion. And, and I feel like that's, practically non-existent in his other films at least not to that level so i don't know what the issue is there you but. gotta I, I think i think you get a lot of slow shots in valhalla rising but you're making me want to watch drive because i haven't seen it in a very long time i remember liking it i know it's a great movie but i i haven't seen it in a long time dude the the opening scene alone is so brilliant and it's so well done like it's it's one of my favorite things in in film period is even just the opening scene of of that first heist and like and like how much planning went into it tells you so much about the like it tells the opening scene it almost tells you everything you need to know about the character. And now for the rest of the movie, you're like, all right, I know who this guy is and I know what he's about and I like him. (laughs) It's, it's so good, man. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta watch that one again. All right. Um, So that's neon demon last, but not least I have um, a series of movies that I have watched over the last few weeks. Uh Um, And they are all, Wes Anderson films <laughs> starting with Bottle Rocket um, my most recent one which was The Grand Budapest Hotel mm-hmm. um, Isle of Dogs mm-hmm. and a rewatch of The French Dispatch alright so after we recorded our episode on The French Dispatch yeah. there were some things that just didn't quite sit right with me um, particularly because I love Wes Anderson. Uh Um, Like I'm a huge fan. And so I realized that there were movies like Isle of Dogs and like Moonrise Kingdom and like the Grand Budapest Hotel that like I had a bad taste in my mouth about them. But the reality is that either I fell asleep in them or I only watched them once. And Mm -hmm. so I felt like I didn't have enough context to really be able to like judge them accurately. So I want I I wanted to rectify that. Um, the first one that I watched was Bottle Rocket. Um, have you seen that? No, I have not. That was his first film. Um, it's okay. It's it's definitely at the bottom of my list of Wes Anderson films. Mm-hmm. Um, it has its moments. You know, Owen Wilson's in it. Luke Wilson's in it. But ultimately, like the characters are not relatable. Um, the story's interesting. But um, but it's hard when you can't connect with any of the characters um, and you just feel like you're just an outsider kind of looking in, you know, and even as interesting as the story may be, you know, it's it's not quite enough. And even I think that if you were a fan of Wes Anderson films and mm-hmm. you watched this movie without knowing that it was a Wes Anderson film, I don't think you would ever guess that it, it could be a Wes Anderson <laughs> film. Maybe that's when he was becoming, he was learning about himself. Yeah, no, totally. You know, that, um, I mean, it was his first film and it was a very low budget, you know? And I think, I want to say that 
um, Owen Wilson probably had a lot of maybe the bulk of the writing because it, it kind of seems that way. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. That's all merely speculation. There's but... a lot of wows. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, the, the most impressive thing is that after this, he went and made Rushmore, which I, I think in our episode you said that you hadn't seen Rushmore. Right. But when you see it, bro, and if you see Battle Rocket, you'll see it is like an astronomical leap from <laughs> Battle Rocket to Rushmore. And it just blows my mind yeah. how that was his next film. Like, <laughs> you, you, you have to, you definitely, if you never watch Battle Rocket, like, you have to see Rushmore. I think um, maybe he took a couple classes in between movies. <laughs> maybe it could have helped. Yeah. It could have helped. Know. You yeah. never know. Um, so that was Bottle Rocket. And then I wanted to give the French Dispatch another chance because mm-hmm. I felt like maybe I was a little harsh on it in our episode. And so I wanted to reevaluate that. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised that I was pretty spot on the first time around. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the second time, um, I was able to follow it a little bit better, and I, and I did feel like I had a better grasp of the film. Um, yeah. Ultimately, I don't really think it's about the separate stories. I think the heart of the film is about Bill Murray's character, who's the editor and the owner of the French Dispatch, but mainly about how he like championed and supported the writers. Um, so I kind of picked up on that. Mm, okay. Um, my favorite one was still um, the, the one about art, which is called The Concrete Masterpiece. Um, it still felt like the most kind of exciting and interesting one to me. Um, but I, I did um, I did kind of enjoy them all. Like, it, it's definitely very funny, you know. And as I watched all of these, um, maybe not so much Bottle Rocket, but all the other ones, like, I was laughing so much, dude. Like, yeah. it, they're, they're so funny. But ultimately, like, in French Dispatch, like, I don't know. The, the stories are just not that interesting or not that no. good. No, yeah. Know? Um, and so that was that was a problem, you know. And even the most interesting stuff, which was the Bill Murray and the writer stuff, like, there was so little of it, mm-hmm. you know. Like, in the one that you guys really liked, which was the one about um, the um, – the kid who gets kidnapped and then he they send in the chef mm-hmm. um i think it's called like um something about a police station and like the, the chef or something um like the the best part was at the end when the the chef is talking about how you know the rad the poisonous radishes were this new taste yeah. you know like um but again it was funny throughout and like enter you know entertaining and amusing but but not really gripping, you know, yeah. and, and not not really with the weight. You it know, doesn't even I'm... have to be gri- gripping. Like it just it wasn't interesting enough. Like yeah. it was just kind of enough for me to continue watching. But I'm just going, yeah, we got to move along. Like what what yeah. what's let's go. Yeah, and so one of the things that I I realized, you know, that's different. Uh, and it's not necessarily bad because again, I, I enjoy still watching these movies, but it's definitely different is that these movies, they don't really feel like they're as personal to mm-hmm. Wes Anderson. You know, like if you watch Rushmore and you watch the Darjeeling Limited and you watch um, the Royal Tenenbaums, like you get the sense that like something about these stories is personal. 
uh, to Wes Anderson. But like with these, it just seems like he's like, oh, these are good stories. You know, they're stories that I like. You know, I find them interesting, but but they don't really feel as personal. So I think that that has a lot to do with it. Um, I feel like he had some short stories that he wanted to do. So he figured let's roll them all up into a, a movie. And and that's what I'll make the movie about these short stories. Yeah, well, like the French Dispatch is clearly um, expressing his love and appreciation for an era of the New Yorker magazine. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like an ode to them, you know? Yeah. So I guess you could say that's personal, but it's a personal interest, you know? It's yeah. not a. And then at the end of the Grand Budapest Hotel, he's. It says it has a in the credit scenes. It says that. It's uh, it's also like a dedication to um, a particular writer who I've never heard of and mm-hmm. like his his stories. Gotcha. So that also is like a tribute, you know. So, again, it's it's to something that Wes Anderson likes and appreciates, but it's not like, you know, something more more personal about, you know, like his own relational or familial dynamics or yes. anything like that. Um, okay. But I was a little harsh on the Grand Budapest Hotel. And again, I didn't feel like that was fair because I didn't really remember it. You know, I, I think I fell asleep, which is the same thing that happened with Isle of Dogs. I don't know. I must have been a period in my life where I was really sleepy. Um, but um, so um, I rewatched it. And dude, this one I freaking loved. It's I, I think you said you watched it once, too. Right. Yeah, but, yeah. but like you didn't really think much of it. Yeah. Dude, the second time around, I, I was so more, much more like honed in, focused, and it was so good. It was so funny, and and again, I, I just, I definitely realized that there were things the first time around that I I kind of missed, and I had a an a, an incorrect understanding of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so this time I understood it a lot better. I was able to follow it, and and it's actually quite. Um, suspenseful in in you know this chase and and in the different elements that are happening again mm-hmm. w- willem dafoe another appearance <laughs> by willem dafoe yeah um, he's really good in it and uh and again aside from perhaps these stories not feeling like they're as personal to wes anderson again the other big difference is that in um in Darjeeling Limited and in the Royal Tenenbaums and in Rushmore, like he used like these um, like actual songs from writers and that were like songs from his library that he would put into the movies. And like, he doesn't do that anymore. Hmm. He just does like instrumental scores, Yeah, um, which, you know, Again, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but some of the more most memorable scenes for me from those earlier movies were ones that I have a, a connection to through that music, you know, and even just like how well it was utilized in yeah. the film. Like I think in Royal Tenenbaums, he uses um, a Simon and Garfunkel song, mm-hmm. you know, that that's really cool. Like it was just a really cool scene and like he doesn't do that anymore. Yeah, which is which is really interesting and like puzzling. Like I wonder why he's made that change. You know, he only had 20, 20 songs on his playlist. So <laughs> Got to make a movie about these. 
Gotta make yeah. movies and use these. <laughs> he doesn't listen to any any more music, so he, he ran out. I mean, he's um, not missing anything, so I don't blame him. But uh, but it was really good, man. I loved it. Ralph Fiennes uh, did such a good job. I know we all loved him in the menu too. Yeah, uh, I'm a little conflicted about him because apparently he's on the Jeffrey Epstein uh, travel log. Oh, really? <laughs> Apparently, that's what I've heard. Oh, uh, man. So that's, uh, yeah, that's Ralph unfortunate. finds his girl's young. <laughs> <laughs> that is unfortunate, but, uh, but it doesn't change the fact that he is a magnificent actor. Um, you know, that, that brings up, uh, dang, what's his name? Uh, he was he was in seven. Uh, he was in that uh, show on Netflix. Oh, Kevin was... Spacey. Yeah, there you go. So Kevin Spacey, with everything that he's done, do you still yeah. look at his his body work and go, Ugh, "I'm disgusted. I can't watch that." I look at him that way, but um, but I still, I mean, yeah, he was great in seven. He was great in uh, uh, what was the American movie, American Beauty. Um, and a lot of movies that I that I that I saw him and he was great in. Yeah, I think I think when you find out, you know, it's not like um, this Ezra guy that's the Flash. You know that it's like we know what he did. Now I'm not gonna go watch the Flash movie. Right. You know, with, so like I'm not I I may not watch future Kevin Spacey movies, but the stuff that he did before I knew about that. All right. In a way, in my mind, it's like I can separate it and I can still say, like, yeah, that guy is gross, but this movie. So that's, that the, was his BK period before knowledge. Yeah. Got yeah, you. Some, something like that. Yeah. 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 I think having the knowledge of it and mm-hmm. then and then choosing to still support that person, that is a little bit more challenging for me. I don't I don't judge people for it because I do think that for artists, you know, it's like it's like um, a lot of it is inconclusive. But like some people stop listening to Michael Jackson, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't blame them, but I still listen to Michael Jackson, you know, and and I'm not. But maybe it's because I, I maybe haven't been convinced, you know, that he did the things that he that he's been accused of. Mm-hmm. But um, but I think there is also something to be said for I think it's a great debate. You know, it's like, can you separate the art from the artist, you know, and where do you draw the line and what does that look like? I think each person has to, to, to determine that for yeah. themselves based on, you know, how much they know or how they're comfortable with that. But uh, I think there's a lot of factors, you know, like the what the person has done, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe at the end, it just comes down to personal preference and what you're comfortable with. And that's if, exactly if you what live with be. yourself, you know. Yeah, whatever you, whatever you can helps you sleep at night. That's, yeah. that's basically what it's going to come down to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because obviously, it doesn't equate. Like just because you watch a Kevin Spacey movie doesn't mean you're like co-signing and approving of everything that he did. You know, right? Or that, or the lifestyle that he lived. Right. Right. So, yeah, it's like that would be like me never watching any movie that Harvey Weinstein ever produced. 
Mm, yeah. It's like that ain't gonna happen, you know, because <laughs> he did all Quentin Tarantino's movies. Yeah, so, yeah. But yeah, it's a good. It's 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 definitely a good a good point of conversation. Yeah. But Grand Budapest Hotel, I loved it, Mark. You should you should watch it again. Um, it is man, his dialogue is like so quick sometimes that. I don't know how you could follow it without subtitles and even having to rewind a little bit sometimes. <laughs> so I think that maybe takes away sometimes from like just watching one of his movies at least one time and yeah. then having to make an opinion about it. Um, and then lastly, uh, Isle of Dogs. I think you said you never watched it or you fell asleep trying to watch it. <clears throat> yeah, I've, I've gone in and out. Like I think I've pieced the movie together. But I haven't seen it in like its in entirety. Dude, so so good, man. I yeah, second I time it. around stayed with it the whole time. Like it is wonderful. Like it's like perfect. I have not nothing bad to say about it. It's really so good. I mean, we've already during the Pinocchio episode talked so much about how impressive stop motion is. Mm-hmm. And then you know, you bring Wes Anderson into it, which we already saw what he did with Fantastic Mr. Fox. Now with Isle of Dogs, I mean, it's he's going to Japan. He is like, it's, dude, it's so good, man. Um, I remember just the set pieces were, were really impressive. Yeah, yeah the characters. And then, yeah, the characters, like the dogs are mm-hmm. just awesome. And then you got... Oh, like Brian Cranston, um, a uh, who's a, a newcomer to Wes Anderson films, mm-hmm. but then you have like Jeff Goldblum, who is a, a a constant in Wes Anderson films, and his character, dude, is so funny. He's this dog that like loves to gossip, so <laughs> so all the time he's like, "Hey, did you hear about this?" And he's like always sharing information with, dude, like. The dynamics with the characters, and it was, it's just such a good story. It's yeah. it's really really good. So overall, I'm so glad that I went back and watched these because I think Wes Anderson was a little tarnished for me based mm-hmm. on these incomplete sort of viewings <laughs> that I had had of these impressions. Um, so having gone back. And watch them, uh, and being and and having now this experience, it in a way kind of kind of salvaged Wes Anderson and and reminded me that he is still you know making great movies. They're different, but but he's awesome, and and I love his films and his style and his voice and and everything that he does. And so I'm glad that I did that. There you go. Yeah, sounds like you're you're crushing hard on Wes Anderson here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you guys had a little breakup, and now you're back. Yeah, and I mean, uh, puppy dog love right now. It, it is. It was. It was a bit of a breakup. I certainly was <laughs> had this feeling of like disappointment, you know, and like, oh man, he, you changed. You know, you're not the same person. <laughs> but uh, I know you are anymore. He, then he walks in one day with with a box of chocolates and roses and and I just mm. swoon. So you're a cheap date noted. Just just like the first time. <laughs> uh, lovely, lovely. 
So yeah, those are some of the um, films that I have watched. You've been able to over... sn- sneak in. Yeah, and it's been it's been probably over a time span of like a month, month and yeah. a half, maybe two months. I feel you. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, any anything that you've come across, I I doubt it because you just don't have the time. But no, yeah, uh, I started I started watching The Last of Us. And uh, it's been a pretty, pretty interesting show, but oh. it's kind of falling into like the typical video game feeling that I get is that like I stop caring about the story and I just want to like see things blow up. So mm-hmm. like the episodes where they're talking, I'm just kind of like bored. And then when the zo- well, not zombies or when the infected finally come out, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And then I go back to being bored. So... I don't know. I got to see. There's one episode. It, it was two guys. They thought they were the only people on earth. So they decided to live together and make sweet love to each other. And we get to see that. And so that was a tough episode to watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've never fast forwarded through a, a, a show like so quickly. There's an actual like love making scene. Um, I mean, yeah, you, you see it, they like start, they lay on top of each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you don't see any nudity, but they're, you know, you know, they're naked and you know what they're about to do. Like their penises are currently touching in the way that uh, they're okay. laying on each other. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I just, I don't, I don't get why, uh, why this, the, the, you know, homosexuality always has to be thrown in at any point. Because according to people who played the game, you just know that these characters had a relationship. As in, they could have been friends, they could have mm-hmm. been lovers, but mm-hmm. but they decided to take it the lover's route, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it's just, eh, whatever. Yeah. I guess we, we had yeah. to see that. But um, outside of that, the infected are pretty cool looking. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a good, I mean, it's, it's always, it's always um, easier to accept something no matter what it is, Mm -hmm. when it feels organic, like as as actually part of the story. But when you can see through it and be like, okay, this is just some agenda or some point that they're kind of forcing into, into this, um, it, it, it really lacks, you know, believability and and charm and just uh it just it's it just has that kind of forced element to it yeah so you're 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 uh you're by yourself for seven years you think you're the last person on the earth next thing you know one day you wake up somebody set off one of your alarms and lo and behold it's another human man are you looking at that person at the end of the night going man, I'm totally going to have sex with you. Like, no, you're just going to be like, oh, what's up? I thought I was the only one here. Oh, cool. (laughs) And that's it. You're going to hang out like a barbecue. Like you don't look at him and go, yep, we're banging tonight. And I just, I I don't, I can't, I can't, even if it's been 10, 15, 20 years, I can't do it. I, I can't go that route no matter how long I am. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) But But yeah, that was a whole episode. I mean, you kind of making it sound like these guys weren't gay before this happened. 
Yes, that's what we're that's I felt like that's what was implied. Really? And they they see each other and they're just like, well, a mouse a mouth, and then that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally what it, like I feel like that's what it was. Like, I want some. I know it's been long for you too. And I know you want some. So like I'm willing to give you some if you're willing to give me some. And they were both in agreement. Yeah. And that's how it went down. And Obviously, you do that long enough, I guess you start catching feelings. So they fell in love and, sure. you know, it kind of just trails off like, oh, you know, what, what happened? Why? Anyways. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so it, it's just it's 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 always tough watching that because I just feel like there's no point in it for the, like, yeah. let that just be a real life thing that people have to deal with. I don't know why we have to put it in TV and movies and shows like uh, anyways. But uh, yeah, that's all I've been able to watch. I'm like two episodes behind, so I'm barely watching it. But um, yeah. I, I think there's two scenarios where that realistically could happen. Hmm. One is the one you just described, which is a zombie apocalypse, and yeah. the other is uh, prison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I feel like in prison, like unless you're doing life, like there's a way out. So you know, okay. 30 years i could be with a woman again i think wait uh, something else crazy would have to happen like all the women die and there's just men mm. are we gonna start having sex with each other because we're it's just us mm-hmm. it's just us like Juan, i i can't have sex with you bro i can't do it i'm not gonna mm-hmm. do it yeah. i don't want to do it yeah. no offense to you but no i'm good yeah. i can live my life never having sex again yeah you know but yeah we're just supposed to look at each other and go, well, no girls are here, so who's going down first? Like, right. So, yeah, that's it. Just, anyways, that's where it went. Yeah. But other than that, it's been okay. It hasn't been bad, but it's also getting kind of boring. So, we'll see what happens in the next two episodes. Is is there anything that, uh, that you could, um, sort of on the spot kind of think of as what? might be your favorite uh, video game to film adaptation up to this point? Um, I think Metal Gear Solid would be a great... No, uh, but that has already been made. Like, one that has already been made. Oh, There's... like a redo? No, like, is there any that oh, have been made? Li- oh, no, no. Th- that no, you have liked? no. No, 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 nothing at all. I was interested in this Mario movie that's coming out until they made um, Chris Pratt Mario. Um, I think that was just the dumbest decision ever in lifetime of anything because well, it sounds like Chris Pratt. So I it's just, <laughs> bro, knowing Chris Pratt, I bet he walked in there with armed with an Italian <laughs> accent and they shut him down. I I mean maybe, but then they should have just got someone with an Italian accent. There's plenty of people out there. Yeah, bro, he 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 mutters a uh, "Let's go." I'm like, bro, it's <laughs> "Let's go." Like, come on, man, you, "Let's a go." He he literally just reads it word for word. "Let's a go." Oh my god, <laughs> this is gonna be so bad. Meanwhile, Jack Black sounds amazing as yeah. Bowser. Like everyone else sounds perfect in their spots, but I, I just, you get a white boy to do Mario. Like I just, I, I don't, it hurts. Yeah. It hurts my soul. Yeah. You know? Um, 
what about did you watch um the one uh with uh Tom Holland, the one that he did? Uncharted, no. Uncharted, yeah. Oh, okay. I heard it, I heard it was the same thing. Oh, it's just like the video game, like it's just yeah. not stop action. And I was just like, eh. I mean, it's video game action though, so it's like loud and obnoxious. So I, I think yeah. it's good. Yeah. But I heard it wasn't good. I think they're making a second one though. Oh, okay. Okay. I think they're going to go through all the games now. Uncharted 2, 3, 4. I think there's four of them. What about Tomb Raider? Did you like uh, Angelina Jolie as Lara Croft? No, I didn't like those movies. Even the new one, with, like the torture porn, I was good. She oh. was just like, ah! Ah! like just screaming the whole movie. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Like, Am I supposed to be aroused by this or something? Like, I don't understand why she's screaming so much in pain. Like, anyways, um, yeah, I didn't like those either. There's not much. Mm, yeah, it sounds like there is. And I mean, I'm trying to think of any others. I know there was Max Payne, um, which I never saw. Um, but uh, I'm going to say that was trash. Yeah, there was Hitman. Hitman had a movie as well. That was trash. I, I watched that. Do you know what would? Oh, I know there was Need for Speed. There was a Need for Speed. That was that was trash. <laughs> I didn't even watch that. <laughs> um, dude, I would watch like a. They should do a Grand Theft Auto one. I mean, yeah, the, those video games yeah. are already like movies. They are. Yeah, they are. You know, like there's a whole story behind it. But yeah, I like what you said about Metal Gear Solid, man. That would be. Yeah, I think that that because that's a really good story, and I feel like you can really expand on that. We could have like a like a a true blue Metal Gear universe, like yeah. the MCU, because there's so many characters, and they're the stories intertwine with each other. Like, so I feel like there's a missed opportunity there. Dude, I hated that game when I tried to play it <laughs> because I'm too impatient. Bro. Yeah, I was not sneaky enough. So yeah, well, I, I used to play with Cuz, and he would do the levels, and I would do the bosses. Yeah, because <laughs> I I didn't want to sneak around. He's like, "All right, I'll sneak around. I like doing that." I'm like, "Great!" And I would just sit and watch him do it, and then get to the boss, and he hand it to me. Uh, it was pretty good. Yeah. yeah, other than that, I haven't I haven't been able to watch anything else. Um, a lot of Peppa Pig. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, um. Well, yeah, um, that is all for this special episode. Again, just uh, talking about some of my recently watched films. Thank you for listening. Please remember to comment and let us know your thoughts, opinions, and views. As always, we like movies. And if you are listening to this, then you probably do too. Or you like us, which we appreciate just as much. (laughs) So thank you for listening. Happy watching. And wishing you the best of nights. Love you.